welcome to Between the Liars with Ryan, and welcome to another episode of Bill Me, where I find and read the legislation and we talk about it so that you don't have to find it, but you still get to stay informed. Today, we're going to be discussing H.R. 24, which is titled the Federal Reserve Transparency Act of 2021. Yes, 21. As you're well aware, it is the year of our Lord 2022. And what's really interesting about this is also that this politicians love to recycle. This was originally the H.R. 24 Federal Reserve Transparency Act of 2019. And I believe before that, it was even one back in like 2010 or something like that. Now, the original intent of the 2010-ish bill was that they were worried about how the Federal Reserve has the potential to let us see a reiteration, if you will, of the 2007-2008 housing crisis. And so they wanted to create some transparency because if you didn't know, and I'll get into this more in a bit, the Federal Reserve can do a lot of things. No one, not only can we not really question them, they also cannot be audited in specific transactions. And so that was what that original bill and honestly what this bill is trying to see. Now, there is a bit of strategy to this. You'll note that the even the 2021 iteration of this bill has not been called for a vote. It's been in special committees to kind of review and propose, and that's all fine. You know, politicians tend to take their time on this. But if I had to guess, I would say that Republicans are hoping that they will take the House in the 2022 midterms and then also enough of the Senate to be able to get this through. As I mentioned before, we've now opened the door for anything fiscally related to be passed on a bare majority and no longer the filibuster proof majority that we used to require. And so I think that's really what they're holding out hope for, which is probably why this hasn't been called for a vote yet. There could be other reasons. That is my speculation here. So let me give you the brief summary of what this bill does. It's, <laughs> you know, I love single item short bills. This one is straightforward and to the point, single issue. It's basically going to create mandatory report of the federal banking system. Basically every year or so, uh, the banking system will have to generate a report and give it to Congress. But this report is actually produced by the Comptroller General, which kind of oversees the Federal Banking Reserve. Now, notably, the, there are a few exceptions, which we'll get into as we get into the text of the bill, where the Comptroller General is not allowed to audit the Federal Reserve, but this would allow for the oversight of the Comptroller General of the U.S. Again, bear with me because this is a lot of the technical jargon back and forth. Strike this subsection, add this subsection, remove this, add that, um, and then you know nullify this. So this is me piecing together my understanding of this. Comment below if you come to a different understanding than I do. I would love to hear your thoughts. Also, before we get into anything surrounding the legislation, please remember that you can massively help out this channel by liking and subscribing. Also, go check out our two new channels that we've started, Not the Liars, where you can catch our chopped up clips, partisan takes. If you want to hear me, you want to hear Josh, you want to hear Marcelo unchallenged, Not the Liars is where you're going to want to subscribe. And you can actually go under the channels that we host on Between the Liars and find it there. And you can also find Interview the Liars, where we have the ones that are not as much discussion debates, but are really the ones that we interviewed. We've interviewed a lot of very interesting political members or community members, and those will be also hosted there. So we we're really trying to curate your interests here. You can kind of see uh, the content that you're most 
interested in. Like and subscribe to all those channels and also make sure you hit the notifications so you know when we go live and you can chat with us in the comments. Okay, now let's briefly get into the last of the summary here, the Federal Reserve System. If you didn't know, because I did have to do a little bit of Googling for myself to understand this. Essentially, uh, the Federal Reserve System, you have the central bank of the U.S. and it, there's multiple pieces to that. And one duty of the central bank of the U.S. is going to be to raise and lower or choose to maintain the benchmark interest rates. If you've heard it said lately, well, the Fed is raising interest rates. Well, that comes from the central bank of the U.S. And they're right now trying to curb inflation by raising the interest rates, because the idea there is that when interest rates are low, people borrow more money. And then that's continuing to just fuel the spiral that we are in and aside from policy decisions that have been made. The other thing to note here is that the IRS is a branch of the Federal Reserve. Now, there have been people who are saying that this is going to be as extreme as basically abolishing the IRS. And while I sincerely doubt that that will be the case, given the current text of the bill, much like Democrats saying, well, this is step one of a thousand when it comes to gun control. And my understanding is that Republicans say this is step one of a thousand of trying to rein in the federal government. And that is a great pitch right there. If you're interested in reining in the federal government, check out Ken and I's co-hosted segments blueprint where we reimagine a smaller, less centralized government. If you want to hear kind of what that could look like and also kind of what the founding fathers intents were before we've kind of gone to where we are. So now let's talk about the news surrounding the bill. Uh, yeah, that's it. There's really nothing there, uh, at least not as far as the legacy media is concerned. We, we really haven't seen a lot of, of coverage of any kind here. Like I mentioned, the interesting part here is that Republicans obviously do not have the votes in the House or in the Senate to get this through. That's why I really think that since this is on hold, I'm, if you've been refining it since 2019 and even iterations back to 2010, it's good. You know, you could release it and call for a vote. In my opinion, if you're not calling for a vote, it's because you don't have the votes. We wouldn't want to put something on the floor that then gets struck down, right? That's just not smart from a political standpoint. Okay, here's some overview things that you need to know before we get into the nitty-gritty text here. The president appoints the Comptroller General. That is a 15-year appointment. Now, obviously, if they die, there would be a special appointment, but that is much like the Supreme Court confirmed by the Senate. And the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, this is also known as the Federal Reserve Board, are also going to be appointed by the president, but it's not like a fresh batch. Those are also terms that are served, and then uh, it's designed to be staggered. You've actually got a pretty even mix of those that would identify as Republican and Democrat on both of those, or at least have been appointed by Democrats and Republicans. So just note that the Board of Governors is going to also be appointed by the president. So the president is kind of appointing all of these. The president also appoints the head of the IRS, right, as he gets to do with his or her cabinet. And so that is going to lead to a question that I have later on down the road, and we'll explore that in greater depth. But people are talking at least a bit about how, well, this would this would curb the, the government, bring in more transparency. And, and I'm wondering... How much transparency will this bring when we're still seeing that these are not elected bodies, right? It's not, it's not Congress. It's not the presidency. They're still appointed. Now, we elect the person who appoints them, but I would just 
in my opinion, I would hold off on the excitement of, ah, yes, this is really going to be reining us into a smaller government because I, I don't really see that being the case. Now, will it bring more transparency? Potentially. Uh, I would say that it would do that. But now I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's make sure that we skip on right over to here. Again, this is Congress. Gov. You can find any of the bills here, and I'll even link them in the description below. And if you're listening to the audio-only version, skip on over to the description of the episode. You'll find it there as well. All right. This bill is incredibly short. A bill to require a full audit of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System and the Federal Reserve Banks by the Comptroller General of the United States and for other purposes. They always say, and for other purposes. It drives me insane. Section 1, it tells you that it can be cited as the Federal Reserve Transparency Act of 2019 and now the Federal Reserve Transparency Act of 2021. Section 2, I can't even scroll any further because we're, you, know, you can see the full thing right here. Uh, so Section 2, Audit Reform and Transparency for the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System in general. Notwithstanding Section 714 of Title 31, United States Code, or any other provision of law, the Comptroller General of the United States shall complete an audit of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System and the Federal Reserve Banks under subsection B of such section, such section, 714 within 12 months after the date of the enactment of this act. Now, I don't know how often this will be repeated or not, but... It's going to be at least within 12 months of presumably when they would get this to go through. Now, let's check out U.S. Code 31, Section 714. That deals specifically with the audit of financial institutions examining Council, Federal Reserve Board, Federal Reserve Banks, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, Office of Comptroller of the Currency. And under subsection B, which they reference, right, it, here though, when they reference it, it says notwithstanding that section. Now, section A says in this section, agency means the financial institutions examination council, the board of governors of the Federal Reserve System, in this section referred to as the, quote, board, unquote, Federal Reserve Banks and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation in the office of the comptroller of the currency. Subsection B, and this is where it gets interesting, under regulations of the Comptroller General, the Comptroller General shall audit an agency but may carry out an on-site examination of an open insured bank or bank holding company only if the appropriate agency has consented in writing. Audits of the Board of the Federal Reserve Banks may not include these four things. Number one, transactions for or with a foreign central bank government of a foreign country or non-private international financing organization. Any deals that are made, anything that is done may not be investigated under the current law. Remember, with this, this is not what's proposed. The proposal is to amend this so that it can't be basically saying, yeah, we're not subject to that. Under current law number two, an audit may not include deliberations, decisions, or actions on monetary policy matters, including discount window operations, reserves of member banks, securities credit, interest on deposits, and open market operations. Number three, it may not include an audit of transactions made under the direction of the Federal Open Market Committee. Or number four, it may not include a part of a discussion or communication among or between members of the board and officers and employees of the Federal Reserve System related to Clause 1 through 3 of the subsection. Now, what to me makes that very interesting is that they've basically carved out in the current system a very large space in which the Federal Reserve is not answerable to anyone. And the Federal Reserve is not voted for by the people. 
Now, one of the things, just just one of the many duties that they have is obviously to raise interest rates. And in theory, these are supposed to be independent. So I'm not saying that they're politically motivated. I'm saying that they are not able to be held to account through an audit. Now, the U.S. government, at least the IRS, wants to hold people accountable through additional audits to try and collect lost revenue. And it strikes me as very interesting that they themselves, at least here, are not subject to an audit. Now, you decide whether that's good or whether that's bad or what you think of that. I'm just pointing out that current status quo, that's the way it is. My understanding of this, when it says notwithstanding that, then this is going to, like, overturn that, right? So it, it is... It is Irregardless or regardless of, of what that clause says, this would be the new thing. In general, not later than 90 days after the audit required pursuant to subsection A, which we just talked about, right? They would be able to audit that. In fact, it sounds like it's compulsory. Not, not that it just can happen, but that it must happen. The comptroller must audit the current system. The Comptroller General, A, shall submit to Congress a report on such audit, and B, shall make such report available to the Speaker of the House, the majority and minority leaders of the House of Representatives, the majority and minority leaders of the Senate, the Chairman and Ranking Member of the Committee, and each subcommittee of jurisdiction in the House of Representatives and the Senate, and any other member of Congress who requests the report. So that will be all-encompassing. Any member of Congress who wants this report will then have access to it. Remember, in the status quo, there is no report to be generated. They are not allowed to audit these things. But now the audit is compulsory and anyone can have access to it. Now, subsection two here, the contents, the report under paragraph one, which we just mentioned, shall include a detailed description of the findings and conclusion of the Comptroller General with respect to the audit that is the subject of the report together with such communications for legislative or administrative actions that the Comptroller General may determine to be appropriate. Now, note, this is where I point out always what the vague generalist language is, the Comptroller General may deem to be appropriate. That leaves broad discretion. Now, there are instances in which we have to leave things to be able to be to the discretion of the individual. They have said it must include at least these things. Anything else you find to be appropriate, you may add. But note here, and this will be important in the questions that I ask later, it is up to the Comptroller that's such a tongue twister. The Comptroller General's discretion of what, in addition to that, is included in the report. Now, the repeal of certain limitations, subsection B of section 714 of Title 31, is to be amended by striking the second sentence. Now, let's go back to that. Subsection B. Under regulations, the Comptroller shall audit an agency but may carry out an on-site examination of an open assured bank or bank holding company only if the appropriate agency has consented in writing. So that's going to remain. What they would strike is audits of the board and Federal Reserve Banks may not include these things. So presumably all subsections under that second section, under subsection B here, so sub-subsections, where they said you can't audit these things, these will all go away. So your new legislation will now read, this is why I really like single item bills. I can go back to current legislation and help us understand what's going on and not have to breeze through just to get a cursory understanding of what's going on. Your new legislation will simply read, under regulations of the Comptroller General, the Comptroller General shall audit an agency but may carry out an on-site examination of an open insured bank or bank holding company only if the appropriate agency has consented in writing. Now, the more times I read that, here's what I'm understanding from that. 
you can be audited, but they can't have an on-site examination without your written consent. But you can still be audited. I'm not sure the parallels there that lead to like, uh, you know, corporations that currently exist or individuals who are audited, let's say by the IRS. I don't know how that is, but they're just doing away with that one section there. Yep, here we go. Subsection D3, striking or F, and each place, each term appears. Subsection E, by striking the third undesignated paragraph, section 13, and inserting section 13.3, and by striking subsection F. Let's go back, look at what those were again. Subsection F, and I'll link all of this. They're striking subsection F, audits of credit facilities of the Federal Reserve System, uh... Credit facility, covered transaction uh, means any open market transaction. So this is where they're just defining everything. So they're pretty much just shortening this uh, so you're not, as a member of the Federal Reserve, you're, you're not above being audited. In general, let's see. Oh, we already read the general portion. The Federal Reserve Act, subsection relating to Federal Reserve Transparency and Release of Information of Section 11 of the Federal Reserve Act 12, USC 248, is amended in paragraph 4A by striking, quote, has the same meaning as in Section 714F1A, which we had just read, of Title 31. They're basically just reconciling their books here. They're going to say that it's not going to exist in either. And then subparagraph B in paragraph 6 by striking, and then again, and then they're going to be striking again. So let's just take a look. At what this is so section 248 of the current code deals with enumerated powers the board of governors of the federal reserve system shall be authorized and empowered a examination of accounts and affairs of banks publication of weekly statements reports of liabilities and assets of depository institutions covered institutions B, permitting or requiring rediscounting of paper at specific rate. C, suspending reserve requirements. D, supervising and regulating issue and retirement of notes. E, adding to or reclassifying reserve cities. F, suspending or removing officers or directors of reserve banks. To suspend or remove any officer or any director of any Federal Reserve Bank, the cause of such removal to be forthwith communicated in writing by the Board of Governors. That's interesting. To suspect or remove. You can so the Federal Reserve Bank can remove officers and directors. Who is the Federal Reserve answerable to if they're not allowed to be audited? And they're incredibly limited in what supervision the Comptroller General can actually give them. And they can just suspend. You can at least see why there would be concern for the potential for corruption. Now I am not saying that corruption exists. I'm not saying that, you know, we this will fix all the problems that we have in the U.S. if we could just increase transparency. But this prevents a complete blackout zone in which unelected members that are appointed, granted by the president, which we do elect, but they serve their terms. They, to my knowledge, there's not really a, a process for impeachment, let's say. They're not making legislation, but they are making things that affect you financially. Part of the reason we are in the inflation that we are in, right, that prices are higher, is because of decisions of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve stated that it is their mission that they will seek economic equity. And they've made decisions based off of that, which means equal outcome. And I would say people are getting more and more equal in their outcome 
although overall prices and, and sustainability has dropped. They make decisions that affect you. Maybe not on an individual basis, everything that they do, but they do make decisions and they shape policies and they're really not answerable. And to me, to me, that's troubling. Comment below and let me know what you think of that or message me if you're listening to the audio only version. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But that that's literally the extent of this bill. Single issue bill. Love to see it. Uh, I would love more single issue bills submitted by Democrats and Republicans. I have no idea if this will ever come down the pipe. I just thought this was interesting. And, you know, coming up on, on midterm elections, given the inflationary spiral with the stagnation that we are in, in part because of the decision. Now, I'm not saying the Federal Reserve is to blame for this. Biden has made a lot of decisions that have led to stagnation and inflation. And the Federal Reserve is just curbing that. So credit where credit is due. I'm not trying to say this is their fault at all. But they do make decisions like, when they raise the interest rates. Now they're doing it in response to the inflationary spiral that we are in, but they're still the ones doing it. And they're not accountable in the same way that other members of the government are not saying that's problematic, not saying it's good. I'm just saying that that is the fact of the matter. So let's, let's ask, um, actually, before we ask the questions, I'll give you my rating. I would say legislation advocacy. If the, if the stated goal is to raise transparency, I'll go to four, four to five, uh, I think that it would raise transparency because it's at least requiring a report. If the report points out there's corruption, I don't know what they'd be able to do about it necessarily, but it would at least meet, I think, a good chunk of their stated goal, which is to increase transparency. Now, the media accuracy I've put NA is really not applicable for now. Never underestimate the ability of something to become political fodder in an election cycle. So we'll see where this goes. But for now, I don't have a media accuracy for, score for that because I have not seen it covered by the legacy media. So let's let's talk about some questions that I think that we should be asking ourselves when we see a bill like this. How would this limit the IRS? Because I've seen people state that this, you know, oh, yeah, we're abolishing the IRS, right? There was some tweet by Ted Cruz that was like, abolish the IRS. And then this was presented as like, well, here's the response. I don't know that it's limiting the IRS in any fashion. I think that it's providing a little more transparency, but limitation wise, I don't know, like outside of requiring an annual report, my question would be, what does this actually do? Question two, should an unanswerable body of the government be opaque in the agreements that it can make? And here's the important thing to note. The Federal Reserve can enter into agreements with foreign central banks and foreign governments, and the GAO is prohibited from auditing or even seeing these agreements. They can't even see them, can't audit them. Should an unelected body have that much power that lack that much transparency. Number three, does this create greater transparency? Because literally in the title, it is called the Federal Reserve Transparency Act. Now, one reason that I question how much transparency this creates is because if I take issue with the fact that the president is appointing all of these and all of these entities are answerable to themselves to where it becomes a, a circular chain of command almost, it's not, but for the illustrative purposes, you have one body appointing another, which is basically answerable unto itself, and we limit other bodies from auditing it, specifically bodies that are um, appointed by the people, like Congress can't audit them. But then we allow the Comptroller General, let's say, to audit them, still appointed by the president. 
Now, the current comptroller wasn't appointed. I, I'm pretty positive the current comptroller was appointed by President Obama. So, like, we've gone through second, and I think it was in 2008, let's say. So that would mean Obama's second term, Trump's first term, then the part of Biden's presidency that we've reached now. In theory, that, that just balance out, you know, how, how partisan does it happen to be. But the president office is still appointing these individuals. Now, it is forcing a transparency report. Like, the comptroller would not only have the ability to audit these transactions, would be required to. So I suppose in that instance, it is creating transparency because we can at least access them. Now, does it balance out the powers? That's where I think you start getting outside the scope of what was stated. Here's the watch list that I will give you what I think we should be watching out for. Number one, watch for comments from parties with a vested interest. Uh, for example, especially in an election cycle, that would be Democrats who want to expand the federal government and Republicans who want to, too. But in general, I see Democrats wanting to expand the federal authority of the federal government. Their comments on this is obviously limits a federal branch. Uh, I would also under this look out for Republicans who are up for a re-election in specific districts. So, for example, if they're in like a high, highly contested area or an uncontested area, that does influence the way that they speak on things. I always question the motives of individuals. Right? Even if I agree with legislation, I would still question the motives of people who make comments on it for or against. I would also watch for comments uh, from vested interests such as legacy media. Because, I mean, I mean, especially during an election cycle, these are just things to think about. Now, that doesn't mean the messages are false. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I would still be suspicious and questioning, you know, what are the ulterior motives? What does someone have to gain from making the comments that they do at all times, including all politicians, including the ones who, you know, if I, I'm questioning, you know, why, why hasn't this already been passed? Well, it's because they don't have the votes. They don't want to try. And then there are the Republicans in this instance. They're also not trying to swap votes for things, right? So they're, they're not doing any of that. Uh, oh, what's the word? They're not doing any of the coalition building. That's the word I'm looking for. They're not building coalitions to get legislation that they would like passed. Now, you could argue that in as as partisan as, as our government has become, it's kind of a lost cause, but they're still not doing it, bottom line. Number two, watch out for government expansion. Now, if you're wondering, well, why why doesn't Ryan criticize this piece as heavily as some of the other ones? It's because it's like the first piece of legislation I've reviewed that actually calls for the limitation in any capacity of our government. I'm not as worried about something when it limits the federal government unless it's transferring the power. Now, that is something I'll get to in just a second here, uh, which still watching for government overreach. But again, this is the first piece that I have reviewed that limits government power. And I love to see it personally. Um, let me know. Do you do you like to see government power limited or not? I'd love to know where people who watch this stand. Number three, watch for government overreach. Now, I will note, again, it's easy to give platitudes, especially when you label it in the title of your bill. That doesn't mean that it actually does it. Saying they're going to audit the IRS or the Federal Reserve doesn't mean that they will. Now, they very well might amend this to where it's like, well, you just, you have the ability to now. It doesn't mean that it would if that's the case, right? So I would watch for the final version of this bill, assuming that it actually gets through. Again, that would be contingent on the Republicans taking enough of the House and the Senate to even be able to get that. 
I'm not in the business at the moment of trying to predict election outcomes because pff, who knows? It's kind of a crapshoot at this point. Uh, what I do know is that very often the party of the president in power tends to bear the ire of the people. And we as a people are very lethargic and seldom turn out to the polls unless you're pissed off. You know who's going to turn out to these polls? It's going to the people, be the people who are most affected by the Democrats and President Biden's policies currently. People who are getting what they want. They're not going to turn out to try and retain that power. This happens every single election cycle. Now, we had special elections where the the referendum was on Republicans trying to pass specific things. Like, let's look at right after uh, when uh, when the, the case overturning the uh, previous Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade, was turned out. When you had all these special elections, Democrats were pissed off, they turned out. So who knows? That's why I say I'm not going to predict. But history would tell us that usually we become very lethargic and apathetic when it comes to midterm elections. Bad on all of us. Like, I mean, show up. <laughs> Always exercise your constitutional right to vote. The other thing that I would say under watching for government overreach, how much power is being vested in one actor, right? Because we're giving a lot of power to the comptroller general here. Now, the comptroller general is just generating a report. So again, this this is limited in its scope, but there is language in here that says, you know, well, you can include things such as what's included at your discretion. Now, obviously, they shouldn't be including things that are going to like jeopardize national security or anything like that. But maybe we should be looking into a little bit more of why has this been obscured? I'm sure that there was at least a reason. I may disagree with it. Um, but honestly, I couldn't tell you why this is so insulated from even an audit. Now, I could understand why they're not subject to the votes of the people because you don't want instability when it comes to policymaking. Because you know what we would do in this next one? We say, oh, pff, well, they've raised the rates and I'm unhappy about that because of inflation. Then we would vote people out and there would be a lot of you, you cannot have turbulence or turbulence hitting something as potentially detrimental as fiscal policy like this where it's you know you can't just drastically raise and then lower the rates it needs to be more slow incremental growth and should not be partisan based but again i would always question are we just transferring power are we actually reducing government power like let's let's say i'm interested in reducing the federal overreach and I signed on to a bill like this, if it doesn't do that, but then I've just shifted the power, well, then what are the consequences to that? Question what that is. Look down the road. Don't be short-sighted, even if you agree with it. And then my fourth thing that I would say to watch out for is watch for unelected bodies lacking transparency. And that, to me, is the big alarm right here with this. There is no transparency because they are not allowed to be audited in so many instances in which they probably should be although comment below if you think that there's a reason that they shouldn't be i'd love to hear it uh genuinely so let me know and uh that's that's going to be it for the watch list there's there's not a lot to be said as far as the media on this one but we'll see and and we'll be posted all right remember our government is of the people for the people by the people they are not above us expect service demand transparency and remember you can find us on spotify apple youtube twitch and google podcasts Follow us on our social medias to stay updated. And if you enjoy this show, we would greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star review and telling everyone why you love us so much. Be sure to tune in next week. Goodbye for now. <laughs>